You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. This series we started last week, we're uh, talking about the different parables that Jesus had, different parables that Jesus talked about. And today we're going to be touching a little bit on this. We're going to look at a certain parable now where I, 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 my prayer is that this would answer questions like this that I just asked earlier. God, why would you allow certain things to happen? Why would this happen? In history, God, why is our history so bad? Why would these things happen in our nation? Why are these things happening right now? And my prayer is as we talk about this, as we look into this certain parable, we will have a glimpse on the eyes of God and we will have a glimpse on what God is doing right now and what God has been doing in the past. We're going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 18 to 21. And this was Jesus saying, He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? And Jesus said, It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And it grew and, be- and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, To who- what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like uh, living that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all living. We, let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your message today. I pray, God, for your spirit to open up our hearts. Lord, let your message sink in us, God. And let your gospel, God, be buried in our hearts, Lord, so deeply that it will take fruit. I pray, God, for your message, God. Do not just, it, it, we will not just hear the message, God, but it will become alive in us as well. And Lord, we declare this in the name of Jesus. We thank and honor you. Amen and amen. Luke 13, if, uh, if you're, you're following with me, if you have your Bibles with you, this discussion actually happened um, after uh, Jesus healed a woman with a disabling spirit. The, the, the woman was sort of paralyzed. She was disabled because of a demonic force and Jesus casted it out. Um, but because of the Pharisees, the people who are so... Uh, they're so much into the law that they would forget that, they, that the Messiah is in front of them that they immediately criticize Jesus. Why are you healing in Sabbath? Today's Sabbath. Why? You're not supposed to do any work. And Jesus said, why, why not? And this is actually what he talked about. After this discussion that he had with the Pharisees, he went on to this verse and he started talking about his kingdom. Now, every time we read the kingdom of God, we always see this in the word of God. We always, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is this, the kingdom of God is that. But what really is the kingdom of God? We have a lot of pictures of the kingdom of God. When I was a kid, when we, we talk about the kingdom of God, I immediately thought, oh, there's a castle and there are, um, there's an army around it. There's probably a moat surrounding the castle. It's a kingdom. It's what kids um, would think of when you talk about a kingdom. But when we say kingdom, for the kingdom of God, these are several things. Okay, Number one, when we talk about the kingdom of God, this could mean the, the God's universal dominion, meaning the, the sovereignty and the power of God over all His creation, over everything, over, over the whole universe. The other one is this could also mean that the, this is the final inheritance of His saints. What we will, the saints, people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we come to that point of uh, after our death and we now experience fully what eternal life is, that's also the kingdom of God. 
Some would say the kingdom of God could also mean the state of the gospel in the world. How the gospel of, of Jesus Christ is spreading in this world. That's also the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God is moving. Meaning, so if, if I'm advancing the kingdom of God, meaning we've heard that before, that just means we are advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the same time, the kingdom of God could also mean us, the church of Jesus. Can you look at your neighbor and say, you are part of this kingdom. We are a part of this kingdom of God. The church of Jesus. When we talk about the church of Jesus, this, we're, not, we're not talking about this church. This is just a venue. The church is us. Regardless of what the name of the church is, as long as we have a relationship, a personal relationship with, the, with, the, with Jesus Christ, Him who lived the life He should have lived, died the death He should have died, and after three days He rose up again, declaring that He is the Son of God, giving us victory over sin. Giving us victory over shame. If we have that in our lives, and we are a part of this kingdom. But the thing is, let's go back to the verse. It talked about the kingdom, it said, is like the mustard seed and a leaven. There's just one thing that comes into my mind. Every time I think about the mustard seed and leaven. Because for me, I don't know what a mustard, mustard seed is. I don't know if we have it in the Philippines. I'm not sure. Mustard seed. Probably we have, but for me, when every time I think about mustard, I think of the mustard sauce. The one that they put on the hot dog, and it's very yellow, and I love the taste of how every time I would bite into it, you know, the juice of the hot dog with the mustard and the ketchup is just, it's heaven on earth. And leaven, because it's, it's what's, it, it, they use leaven to, um, for bread, pang palsa. So this is what I have in mind. But apparently it's not. When we say a mustard seed or a leaven, why would Jesus use examples like a mustard seed or a leaven? A mustard seed is, during their time, is considered one of the most insignificant seed. Because it's so small. It's very insignificant in sense that when you compare it to other seeds, other seeds would look extravagant. They would look healthier. A mustard seed would look very tiny. At the same time, a leaven is also considered useless unless you use it for a bread. There is no other use for a leaven unless they use it for a bread. Otherwise, unused leaven for bread is useless at all for their time. So why would Jesus compare his kingdom to a very insignificant seed and a useless ingredient? Why would Jesus use these examples? The mustard seed and the leaven. Why would God use this illustration to point out something? And this is what I love. Number one, because it's grain. What does grain mean? It just basically means it's grainy, it's small, it's tiny. Both the mustard seed and leaven start small or insignificant or, or, uh, or nothing. Thankfully, the Bible, the Bible says, but God shows what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God shows what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Or, Let's use it for this context. God uses what is small to shame the huge or the big. Now I want to stop here for a moment. I want this to be an encouragement for those people. Maybe you are small. You know that those moments where you just feel small? For example, when I was in uh, college, I have a group of friends. One of them, one of them is a fashion model. I'm friends with him outside of his work. You know, he's part of our church. We would hang out. We had, we'd have fun with all of our other friends. But when I meet all his other friends in the modeling world, I feel, wow. I feel small. Not literally small physically, but just, man, the way they look. 
Or for some of us, we feel small in our situation. We feel like, you know, I'm not in control of this situation. I have, I can't, I can't do anything. You feel small. Or maybe not just the word small. You feel, you just feel insignificant, like the mustard seed. In fact, you feel so insignificant that every time you're found in a crowd, you lose yourself. Yung parang, no one knows me. I'm new here. Or maybe you look so common. You know that feeling? Cause I remember I have a, I have a friend. And people just has a, you know that feeling? Okay, for example, in anywhere you go, people have someone to compare you to. You, for, um, you know, you look like my uncle. You, look, you go to another place, oh, you know what? You look like my dad. And then you go to another place, you look like my cousin Alfred. And you go, you look like my classmate, uh, classmate Tom. And all, one guy after another. And the worst part is you're a girl. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. But it's fine. Because if that is you, and in one point in your life you've felt small or common or insignificant, then this word is for you. Exactly for you. Because what Jesus is pointing out, He's comparing His kingdom, the kingdom of God, to a significant, an insignificant seed. And a useless ingredient. The reason why, why God would start with this, because historically, this is how it all begins. In fact, when we talk about, um, for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you remember that first day? The very first day. I want you guys to go back. Okay, if you haven't experienced this before, um, it's okay. We're gonna go there eventually. But I want to talk to certain people here. You one way, you, the, the very, remember the very first day you've met Jesus Christ. I love it. I love that very first day. I grew up in church, fine. My dad's a pastor, but it doesn't really assure me anything, okay? But I remember, I would keep hearing the Word of God. You know, I've, I've done a lot of church stuff growing up. But I remember July 11, 1998, it was the very first time I, I heard a preaching that I've heard for so many years. And for some reason, something was happening in my heart. My, it's as if my heart wants to jump out of my chest. I don't know why. I was listening to the same preaching and I didn't know what I was feeling. Apparently, during that time, um, what God was telling me was that for the very first time, I finally understood that even though God is big, God is this, that He wants to be intimate with me, that He wants to, He wants me to know Him personally and intimately. And it was, that was a huge thing for me. I didn't know God could do that. So remember your first day. Of your encounter with Jesus Christ. That started out small. Meaning, when you, when you first encountered Jesus Christ, did you, did you know already about theology? Did you know already about, uh, um, uh, apologetics and how to debate with other religions? Did you know on the very first day, huh? No one. Because it just started with a small seed. Getting buried in our hearts deeply. And it started taking root. That seed of that Jesus Christ died for me. Me, a sinner. And all of a sudden, because of that seed, I can now feel for the very first time that I am forgiven, regardless of everything that I have done. It started from that. Because that's what God does. The growth of this church, this, start, this didn't start out with 13,000 people already. We started small. You're in fact, if you have your own victory groups and for several months or years, it's as if it's not growing. It's still the three of you. <laughs> but it's just small. It's fine. 
because it really does start small. And if you feel small, that's great. Because small things are the ones that God uses. In fact, if you feel too big in front of God already, then you're in danger, man. That's why we, every time we come to God, we position ourselves in a small way because it's the small things that God uses. And why is that? Because the truth is, God wants to show you what He can do with the small things. But at the same time, it is not meant to remain small. What He's doing, I want to start with the small things so that I can show you something. It says in the verse that we read earlier, He said, Therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. In fact, Mustard seeds, the, the mustard tree is actually not a tree. It's, it's considered a herb. But it's so huge, people call it a tree. But it starts small. And the birds of the air made nest in its branches. It's not meant to remain small. If you feel small, it's not meant to stay like that. When you allow God to move in your life. It's meant to grow. His kingdom is meant to grow. When we talk about Christianity, we know the story. You have Jesus, had his 12 disciples in his life, and he started discipling them, started teaching them, and then eventually um, that kind of grew, kind of grew. And then eventually he died. He, he was nailed on the cross. After three days, he rose up again. After a couple of days, he went back to heaven. And this time, it was kind of big. But because of, so it started with that, but because of the things that started happening in, in, in Judea, people started um, persecuting them. In fact, when we talk about Christianity, it is in the worst place to grow. Okay, um, The seeds of Christianity, the seeds of the kingdom of God, the seeds of the gospel is in the worst place of growing. What does that mean? Because Christianity during that time, it does not appeal to Jewish patriotism. When we talk about Jewish patriotism, they, they only have one religion. And Christianity was totally against what some of the things that they're teaching as a religion. Not only is it in a, in a, uh, um, it doesn't appeal to Jewish patriotism, it doesn't appeal to Roman traditions. Roman traditions, they would teach to worship several gods, Jupiter, Venus, and all those Roman gods. And not only that, they are required to worship the emperor as well. So imagine the seeds of the gospel is in a place where it's gonna be killed. In fact, the world tried to kill it. In fact, until now, the world tries to kill the seeds of the gospel. But because the world tried to kill it, in Judea, they, get, they, they started being persecuted. Now they were forced, we have nowhere, nowhere to go. They're killing us. And in fact, Paul, before he became a, an apostle, he was named Saul, and he was killing Christians. And because of that, the Christians started going out of Judea. They started put, going into the city. They started going to Rome. They started going to Ephesus. And because of that, and now in, during this time, there's only one language that people were speaking, which is Greek. All of a sudden, because they were spread out, and because of the Roman Empire made all the roads across the world, the gospel started spreading so fast to the point that we, here we are now. We're hearing the word of God. We're here, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It started small, but it did not remain small. But what's the point of the growth? What we're saying is if you feel small and you feel insignificant and you feel common, 
And God is in the business of growing things. Why can't He just stop and then immediately grow it? Say in your life, the moment you met Jesus Christ, why can't He just stop your finances and all of a sudden, boom, you're a millionaire. Wow, I just gave my life to Jesus Christ. Of all of a sudden, you started deciding, you know what, I, I want to have my own victory group, and then God touches it, boom, you have your own church. Wow, 3,000 people under you. Why can't God just do that? Tap you and then boom, growth. Why, would, why do we need to go through the process of growing up? Why do we need to go through the process, the painful process of going through something just to grow? Why does our body need to go through that years and years of process where our limbs, our bones are getting stretched and stretched and stretched so that we, we, we grow? Why would God do that? Verse 18 of Matthew 16, it says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. This is what happened to the word of God. This is what happened to the kingdom of God. Because it started growing. It started advancing. And the promise of God is the church, even the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. My definition of glory, it's hard to define glory. You know, we have, we have a lot of definition for glory. We say glory, it's weight, it's this. But when we talk about glory, for me, glory is man's failed attempt to describe God. How big, how awesome, how majestic, how amazing, how faithful, how powerful God is. There's just no word. I can't always describe God like that. Like God is so amazing and majestic and powerful. I'm going to... I'm going to have a hard time. So we need to find a word. Man needed to find a word to describe all of those ultimate adjectives. And now we have this word, glory. The reason why God would allow us to go through certain situations and, and for us to grow and why the kingdom would move like that as well, would start, start small and it started growing and it started moving forward, is because of this word, glory. Because the thing is, if it's big already, for example... Uh, um, the examples I used earlier, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and boom, I'm rich already. It's not even about that. It's not really about the wealth. But what if? Because we didn't see the growth. Our reactions would be, oh wow, nice. Thank you, Lord. Wow, I have this already. If our victory group started growing immediately, God started tapping you and all of a sudden, from two people, the next day you have 3,000 our reactions would be, wow, I'm going naman, Lord, thank you. Ha? But if God would allow us to go through the process, to go and start seeing the growth, one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, you'll find your place, yourself in a place where, whoa, God, how did you bring me here? Lord, wait, I, I was there before, but now I'm here. I didn't even notice. Wow, Lord, thank you. Glory. In fact, every time I talk about glory, talking about history, remember we, we mentioned about how the growth of Christianity happened. This group of people from Judea started spreading around the world because of persecution, so the gospel started spreading. I was reminded about this group of island people. We call them island people in the certain archipelago in Southeast Asia. They're so tiny, you can bring them anywhere. But this group of island archipelago people were living a happy life, worshiping trees, worshiping whatever. And all of a sudden, certain nations started coming and started occupying this particular island people, tiny people. 
the Spanish started coming. They brought the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, but they persecuted the people. They started putting them down. They started classifying people into angels, peninsulares, insulares. And this tiny group of people started looking at, looking at themselves and, say, and started saying, wow, we're small. We're not white. We can't be like them. Started looking down at themselves and started buying whitening lotions to start whitening themselves. And so this tiny group of island people tried their best under the rulership of a foreign nation. They were introduced to Christianity, yes, but it was, it was so bad. People just started hating these foreign group of people. And then another international group of people called the Americans started coming. Started sharing Jesus Christ to us. They weren't perfect. Not at all. Not at all. But these tiny island people started understanding, wow, there's a man called Jesus. And then another nation came, occupied, occupied this tiny group of people for several years. Got freed. But because of wars and wars and wars, from then on, this tiny island group of people started living in poverty after poverty after, after poverty. But they had one thing. They started experiencing this man called Jesus. That regardless if they're small, regardless if they're insignificant, regardless if they're this... But they they became so poor and poorer and poorer that these tiny island archipelago people decided we need to go out of the country and start working abroad. And they started spreading out. What's interesting about this tiny group of island archipelago people is because of the so many nations that occupied them, their tongues are so soft they can learn a language immediately. people has a certain knack of learning accents, of learning languages, and they started going around the world. Not only language, they're so excellent in the main language of the world called English that people from other nations would go here to study English or or they would hire this tiny island group of archipelago, uh, this tiny people, archipelago people to start teaching them about English. So they started this tiny island archipelago people started going out into the world. And most of them know who Jesus is. And they started learning languages as well. Now if you see that from our point of view, as Filipinos, that looks sad. But if you see that from the point of view of God, because His kingdom is advancing, man, you've called the Philippines for something. You gave us languages. You gave us you gave us a small height. That's why we're so mobile. We can go anywhere. We can fit in the airplane comfortably. <laughs> and we're so used to poverty that we work so hard that we get promoted abroad. And yet we have this message called the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross, giving His life for us. And they, these tiny group of people started going around the world and started declaring, and we, we now are one of the major missionary sending nations in the world. The Philippines. Come on, let's give God praise for that. It's an amazing story. Why? Because we have to understand, yes, there are things that we have to go through, but what we're not understanding is the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. His kingdom grows. 
So why don't I bring that home here right now? We're talking about in a general sense what the Philippines calling is. What about your life? Where are you now? What's happening in your life? Sometimes we look at our lives and we say, Wala naman eh. Ano ba to? Why would I go through this? Why would, my par- why would my parents separate? I would see other parents and they're together. I would see other families and they're together. Why would I see my parents separate? Where, am I, where are you now? Wala naman eh. I'm in a point of my life where I'm dealing with sickness. My mom's sick. My dad's sick. I'm the one who has to provide. And I'm tired because I wanted to have my own family. But since I have to pay for everyone else, I have to keep working and working and working. I don't know. I don't know where my life is going. And maybe you are in a place of your life right now where you're saying, God, if only my life is this. If only my life is this. If only, you know, can you just adjust certain areas in my life so that my life will be like this and like that and like that. That's how we see life from our perspective. But if you start seeing the the, the, the perspective of God and we say, God, you're king kingdom is forcefully advancing that you're that you're moving in us that you're planting a seed because jesus christ has planted the seed of the gospel in us where do you think god is putting that where do you think god is letting you go through that is letting you god the, the workplace that you're in maybe your boss isn't the best boss there is maybe you hate your work every single day you wake up i don't want to go to work but what if you change your view and you say lord because your kingdom is faithfully advancing the reason why i am you're not letting me leave this work is because you want me here and you want my friends to know you you want my boss to know you i don't know how i'm gonna talk to him but regardless because i know you Lord, I am in the middle of sickness right now. My family is sick. My dad is this. We don't have provision right now. But because you are in me and your kingdom is forcefully advancing, God, what message are you putting in my heart? What character are you putting in, in me? What strengths, God, are you putting on me so that the more I can carry, so that more and more people will look at me and say, Wow, you're carrying a lot, but I want to be like you. Because the kingdom of God... It doesn't just stay a seed, it grows. But the main goal is glory. In fact, interestingly, before a seed starts becoming a plant, it has to go through a process that's similar to dying. It doesn't literally die. But when a seed is planted, it's buried underneath. It changes itself and dying to becoming a seed. So they become a plant. It starts growing and growing and growing. God would let certain death in our lives. In fact, that's what Jesus did, right? He died. Was buried after, after that, after three days. 